Welcome to Kingdom Testimony. This is Lisa, and today is Monday, April 18th. We are getting close to wrapping up our series of Kingdom Testimony, The Awakening, that started in 2018. Um, it was actually began for me a little bit before that, but January 3rd. What of, of 2018 was the date where I started seeing lots of things. The Lord started showing me lots of things, opening up revelation. Um, it's the only way I can describe it. I remember one day I was driving, and it was summer of 2018. I was driving in Fargo, and I was in a residential area, and I was... I just started feeling like, I know it sounds cliche now, but it was like there was a download. That's the only way I can describe it. Um, I wasn't, you know, I, did, I wasn't reading and studying or praying or anything. I was just driving and I just started realizing, you know, like truth on a different level it's really hard to explain um okay so we are at november 1st of 2018 we had just gotten back from israel we had bought a place out in the middle of nowhere in north dakota because we were going to get temporary guardianship of my husband at the time his grandchildren um and their ages were like 12 and 8 and 7, I believe, at the time. And what was going on was his daughter was having problems and the kids' dad was also having problems, but he was actually doing much better. So the grandkids had been living with my ex, my husband at the time, his ex-wife, in Montana. She was having health issues, so they were going to be transferred back to North Dakota, but they weren't ready to go back to mom or dad, who were not together. <clears throat> um, the kids' dad went to social services at the time and said, you know, I want to work with you. I want to do everything that you're telling me to do. He knew he wasn't ready yet to have the kids back and he was wondering if we would just take them for a month or two and then he could get you know everything in order to get them okay <clears throat> so I have to give that story because of what happened in December and we are in November so let's get back into my uh, my notebook um, November 1st, the Lord was speaking, and he said, My kingdom is not of this world. Um, just one second. Okay, and again, the Lord was telling me to stay off of social media, 
not to compare myself with other people. What he has for every one of us is unique, and that's what he was saying. Looking at others' walk and gifts leads to covetousness. What I have, or want what I have for you, not what I have given others. And, and then he was telling me that certain things that I was looking at were fine. Um, <clears throat> and then I was in Acts chapter 2. Um, not the time I was reading James Maloney and the Golden Candlestick and that sort of thing. All right, on November 3rd, I had a vision. It was of myself, but I felt it was as the Lord was looking out through me. I was going into the door of a house. But it was actually the Lord going into the door of a house, and a thief, or a strong man, was coming out. He was coming out peaceably, but stealthily. And I had the thought, the one has to go, our will has to go. Comes in darkly. The thief leaves, will be exposed when the daylight comes. Jesus comes like a thief. He is not a thief, but he comes like a thief does. Okay, now during this time, we had not yet moved out to that house. <clears throat> so we were just kind of packing up the uh, apartment. And the Lord was, was having me fast, but in a different way. Um, I've always tried to be healthy, but I am a sucker for, was a sucker for soda pop. Call it pop. I'm in Minnesota, North Dakota. Um, sweets, junk food. You know, I would have a, one healthy meal and then the rest of the day was like junk food. So he was showing me, and he has shown me over the years, that the fasting that he wants me to do, I'm not, I'm a, I'm not, I'm not an underweight person, but I'm not a person who can afford to not eat for three days. And, of course, it's a spiritual sustenance, so I wouldn't die. I did try it in 2020, and I did think I was dying. So, anyway. Um, but he was saying, Lisa, people, my people, can't hear from me when they follow their own desires. I don't pick and choose. People do. I desire to show myself to anyone and will do so if the conditions are met. <clears throat> I come as a thief in the night, yes. And he said it, say, saying it again. And I wrote, I am wrestling with a sugar addiction. Um, and he said, sweets is like getting drunk on food. And, and it really is. It really is. <clears throat> so I did start the fasting again, cutting all of those things out. I ordered, I had cut out caffeine so no more diet coke no more coffee i didn't even have decaf um i had to completely cut out 
anything that had a higher sugar content, like certain juices and things like that. <clears throat> um, I had watched the label on everything, and I had to quit go going to get donuts. So during this time also, my daughter who had come to visit me, her and her fiancé were um, doing a faith walk. They sold everything and they were moving to Montana. I think I mentioned this before. Just out of faith. They were going to stay with her aunt and get a job once they got there. They hadn't sold their house yet, but she felt like the Lord was saying, I will get your house sold if you will go. And so, and the same thing happened with her job. He said, I will give you the means to go if you quit your job. So, <clears throat> you know, before you can walk on water, you have to step out of the boat. Before you can survive the flood, you have to build an ark. You know, you have, we have to take that first step. And so I just want to toss in her testimony, just a little bit of it where they just up and left and once you know they left from Arizona and they were driving straight up to Montana in November northern part of Montana almost to the Canadian border they were in southern Montana she was driving the Penske <clears throat> U-Haul truck um with her car on the trailer behind it in a snowstorm and she hit a deer. I don't know how much more of a trial you can go through at one moment. She's like five foot tall and 98 pounds. Um, her fiance was behind her. She wanted to drive the, the big truck. And it was a big truck. It wasn't just a little one. It was a big one. She wanted to drive it. And he's like, okay, if you want to drive it, you can drive it. <clears throat> And they were going through the storm and they were talking on walkie-talkie. She had one child in her car and he had the other child in his um, truck. She had the one in the Penske truck. And they're going through a snowstorm and she called me and she's like, I can't see anything. I can't even see to pull over. I know we're in the mountains and I know that it's steep. And she's like, I just need you to pray. And so I was like, okay, I'm praying. And so about, I don't know, an hour or two later, she called back and she said, we are on the side of the road. I hit a deer. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. That's a lot to go through. <clears throat> but anyway, she had to tape up the, the, um, headlight okay she and I'm just writing in here all of the things that she went through that they went through to get up there all right so now we are in mid-november so now we are getting things ready to move out to the house that we bought that old farmhouse um, my husband I think I said before he was 
you know, he, he like managed truck routes and he was having to take a lot of routes out of town and, and to be gone for, you know, two, three days at a time, four days. And I told him, I said, okay, you're going to have to figure something out because if we move into an old farmhouse that needs a lot of work, and we're getting three kids for who knows how long. We thought just a couple of months, but who knows how long. Um, <clears throat> you're the manager of that department. And you should not be doing the employees' jobs. And I'm going to need you out on that homestead. I'm going to need you and the kids are going to need you. So we had that talk and... And he did. He did agree that that he was um, gonna need. You're gonna have to figure something out. They were going through a lot of changes, and that's why, you know, he was having to do that. But he agreed. All right, <clears throat> November thirteenth. I want to read this. Um, it was five a.m. He was out of town. I was by myself, I think, still in the apartment. We had not completely moved yet. I wrote, first real rapture experience was preceded by fervent praise. Now, I didn't mind him being out of town because I could do all of this stuff and didn't feel like I was neglecting him. But anyway... First real rapture experience preceded by fervent praise. I couldn't feel my body, nor did I want to. I was only aware of my lifted hands, especially fingertips. Fervent prayer to all three, mainly Jesus' presence and the Holy Spirit guidance. Hard to restate. Casting out of the room first, etc., Feeling his presence in my fingertips. Visionary. Jesus and I are doing a waltz. He is in a cream-colored tuxedo. I am young. We both are. Now, at the time of this writing, I was in my 50s. That's young, hey. I can hear the music and see us waltzing in an open room, moon above, a lit room, a ballroom. I said, how do you see me? I said that to the father, and he said, I see you as a little girl. Sigh. I sat motionless, like in a rapt trance for some time. I didn't want to move or chase him off. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want more of that. Glory residue. That's what I wrote. <clears throat> I do remember it. Okay, so let's move forward to where um, I'm having, you know, like little visions of things. Oh, I had a vision that Jesus was happily knelt down and welcomed each little kid. Huh. So little kids were... The kids didn't seem to be actual children, but those who endured their living funeral died to self 
and got to meet the master, the number of those coming in. And then I said, oh, and then I thought of the song, Oh Lord, I want to be in that number when the bride comes marching in. And then I, ha I saw dotted colors of the rainbow coming at me and going inside, all in long beams. Every color is represented in the rainbow. It is a fade. Colors are tipped or on the tips of everything. On me and in me, like rainbow is a color, one of the colors, but then again not. And then I said, this is all that matters. Um, huh. And then I had another vision of things coming at me. And Kevin is still out of town at this point. I am doing a work in you. And then I saw a big bright bowl coming down out of heaven. And it said, are you willing to eat what I give you? Wow, I forgot about all this stuff. So crazy. I'm going to have to mark that and look at it again later. The next morning, I heard Clarion call. Okay. All right, I wanted to skip ahead a little bit because I want to get through... November today but I do have to say point out here November 20th I wrote that we are on our way to the little town where the house was out in the country for the final walkthrough I drove out there by myself and I'm not sure why I think it was because my husband had to work but it was a very cloudy day and the re reason I left up there to begin with was because of um, sun deficiency, whatever, syndrome. I would get extremely depressed because it was always so cloudy. You wouldn't get a full sunny day hardly ever. You know, maybe during a season change, but I mean, it was just so cloudy all the time. Beautiful place, beautiful weather, except for the winter, you know, <clears throat> but and mosquito season. But so I was back up there. Now, I had lived, of course, down here in Arizona for I don't know how many years, 10, 15 years. And then I had gone back up there when I got married. And I always wanted to get back down here because my kids were here. But, okay. Um, on the way out to this rural house, it was really cloudy. And I, re I, I had just come back from another weekend revival, whatever trip with my sister. I snuck another one of those in while he was out of town. And I mean, he knew I was going, but anyway, so on the way back, um, I had been making notes about how I loved it when I could see the sun, and this is relevant, I could see the sun peeking through the clouds. 
And all of the road trips that I had taken over the last 10 years, you know, going back and forth and, and stuff like that, it was just, there was just something about driving along and it's cloudy and you see a little tiny patch of blue up by where the sun is and the sun peeks through and I'm just like, oh, I love that. I don't know why. I just loved it. And so on the trips back from Minneapolis doing the revival meetings and stuff with my sister, that would happen. I'd be like, Lord, I could use a sun peak, you know, and then it would happen. So on the way out to the rural property that we had just bought, <clears throat> it was really cloudy. And I was really feeling a lot of anxiety because of we were moving a lot of things. This was an apartment, but we had a double garage that he had like all of his stuff. His, his dad had passed away and given him a bunch of stuff and it was full. So we had a lot of stuff to move. Um, it wasn't so full, I couldn't get a vehicle in there, but so we're, I was driving along and I, it was really cloudy and I'm like, oh, I'd like to see a sun peak. You know, it's just kind of like, I don't worship the sun, but it's like, you know, asking the Lord for something and he's, and he's like, yeah, you know, I know it said, the Bible says, don't test the Lord, but he also says, test me in, in this and know that I won't open the windows of heaven and rain down a blessing for you. And so to me, it was like, can you just make an opening so that I can see heaven? And then, you know, I can see blue all the time here and there, but if the sun shines through, then I'll know that you're hearing me. It's just one of our own silly little prayers. And I made a note here on the way out there three different times, I saw the sun peek through. And it was just... It was just so special because to me, I was like, well, that means your will. We are, I am doing your will. We are doing your will. And that was just so important to me. Okay. So now let me pause this and find where we move in and where I can pick it up there. In between here, there's some dreams and some visions. But unless I go into detail, they're not going to make a lot of sense, and I'm pretty sure you don't want me to do that because we need to, we need to get on to, uh, we need to get to um, December. All right, here it's at the end of November. We moved in at Thanksgiving. Um, right after that, 3 a.m. November 28th, 2018, last night I asked to see something, and you showed me a dove flying several ways. It almost had color. Then I asked to see an angel and could make out two different ones. Through you profile and saw that as I was about to ask to see Jesus, I fell asleep. Okay, so I was seeing... <clears throat> Doves and angels. All right, then. Um, and then another song, a new song, that every now and then the Lord would give me a new song. This one was Fly High Unto the Open Sky. 
fly high and to the open shore. And then it just repeats. I've woke to this song before, but I don't think I've ever heard it played. He would do that every now and then. He would just kind of, that'd be a new song playing. All right. <clears throat> November 30th. I had a vision, okay, it was another new song, and then I had a vision of a big giant falling. It was like a big white with rainbow color fluff man. <laughs> uh, all right, giant's falling, that's good. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the Lord was telling me praise is the key. There are so many things I want to give you, so many things to experience. Praise is the key. It's a key to unlocking many mysteries of the kingdom. Keep practicing. People on earth quit when nothing happens or when they get complacent. Just like praying, the enemy will fight you. Prayer is the very beginning. Praise is the ending. And I have 1247, last verse. Remember your texts, blah, blah, blah. Um, why can't believers try? You are a mature believer. <clears throat> this is kind of neat. This is November 30th. In the prayer closet, I heard the Lord say, I love you, Lisa. You are the apple of my eye. Like a parent, I love all of my children the same and give to each according to their need, emotionally, spiritually, etc. Isn't that neat? Very neat. All right, so we're on December 1st. <clears throat> um, and what I want to do is, since we have five minutes or so I want to skip ahead because during this time <clears throat> okay I just looked and I don't really want to skip over <clears throat> because I noticed that the kids arrive around Christmas time and that would be cutting out three weeks and there are things that happen during those three weeks that I need to I need to cover. Um, it was actually right before Christmas that they that they showed up. So I want to include one last thing that happened at the end of November, November thirtieth. I had a dream of my brother-in-law. And what happened in their family, excuse me, my nose itches, was, was really sad. What happens in a lot of families, um, you know, people get on substances and, and that sort of thing. And, and he took the blame for a lot of what happened. Well, I'm just going to say I had a dream. Um, I was going, supposed to go to a training thing for my work. And instead I sat down with my 
brother-in-law. And we were talking, we sat down like close friends, and he explained everything to me. I don't want to say much more than that. I asked him honestly what happened, and he explained to me honestly what happened. And it was interesting because something was coming up with that family that I had been praying about. <clears throat> and the Lord was, through this dream, he was showing me how to handle it. So I, I guess I just want to encourage, I just want to encourage you that if there is something that's coming up and you don't know what to do about it, and like the enemy does, it's always pressure. You got to decide now. You got to decide now. Come on. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, the Lord has already seen the outcome of that decision or situation. And it is not a bad thing to tell somebody, I'm not quite sure what I should do. That's not a bad thing. Why is that a bad thing? You know, people are like, what do you mean? You don't know what you should do. Of course, you know, I need your help. You need to do this. You need to do that. Or um, why are you not doing that with your family? And people, they, they mean well. They're not like trying to be judgy. They mean well. But if you are under pressure right now <clears throat> to do something, It is perfectly fine to say, I'm not quite sure yet. You know, and then they would they would have to respect that. Because nobody should pressure anyone into making a decision. It was like us taking the grandkids on a temporary guardianship. <clears throat> it started out that we were just going to take them just to have them live with us. But since... Social services was involved, DPS, DCS, whatever you want to call it. They were involved previously in North Dakota. They were involved presently with the kids in Montana. They couldn't just come back to the state of North Dakota without their... And I worked... This, this was the job that I worked in. I was a child advocate in the court system and I worked with social services every single day and I was telling the kids as dad they can't just come to our house without there being you know some sort of this is where they are and he didn't understand that but he he and the kids mom had both been there was a paper file in social services on each one of them and I worked with them and I would have been <clears throat> hiding information if something would have happened you know like if they'd have gone back to dad and something happened you know we don't know he he, he was very very fresh at almost being able to take the kids full time and I and so I was talking to him and I said I think what we need to do 
is I think we need to get like a temporary guardianship thing signed. And it could be just as simple as, um, you know, going before the juvenile court judge and just saying, this is what we have decided to do. There's, you know, no imminent danger. And, you know, and I told him that's all we need to do. And he was like, um, okay. But in his mind, he saw this as that he was going to have to fight to get them away from us. And I'm like, well, no, I mean, if you're ready, you're ready. But he had a bigger file at social services than what we thought. So it did turn into a messy, messy situation around Christmas time. So I don't want to rush through the three weeks, two and a half weeks prior to us getting them. Um, and you'll understand later. But what happened over Christmas time was like bittersweet. It was awful, horrible, devastating, ugly. But for all of us, and the, for us and the kids, it was probably, it's one of my most favorite memories um, in the last 10 years, if not even before that. It was the hand of God right in front of us. We could just see, we were walking in a protective bubble. It was like there was angels' wings around us. And I'll explain that on the next episode. We will for sure get into it. We will get through December. And I'm, I can't wait because it's just such, such a beautiful, awful thing. All right. I pray you're all blessed. Have a great day.